Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Glad you're with us for OutKick 360, the Friday edition, NFL Eve. Even though it kicked off last night, Bills demolishing the Rams in the second half. Buffalo, the Super Bowl favorite, took care of business against the defending champs on the road in week one. They await the Tennessee Titans in week two on Monday night football. A week from Monday, Titans host the Giants here in Nashville on Sunday. The crew's all here. We're previewing all things NFL and college football to get you ready. And our tailgate atmosphere here at 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. We have the party bus directly behind us, newly wrapped and ready to go. As soon as we finish and wrap up the show here today, guys, at 5, Central. Um, they are driving this over to the Nissan Stadium, and they have a exclusive tailgate experience every Sunday right at the bottom of the pedestrian bridge, which is, if you're not familiar with Nashville, right next door to Nissan Stadium. Premium spot for tailgating. They've got it here at 6th and Peabody. Let me tell you about these uh, tailgates. Some, some of them that are, are sponsored. The Titans are doing some. They sound terrific. But I can't imagine you don't end up waiting forever for the for the drinks, for the food, all of that. And and I know these guys, and I know whatever the deal is, and whatever they say you're going to get, you're going to get, and you're not going to wait uh, thirty minutes for it. So uh, I would look into it and jump on board if you're uh, looking for something to do before the game. I think everyone just wants a place they know they're going that they can eat, drink. And have fun before yeah. a game. No, right. no, you, right. spot. you just you want don't a have good to triple to fist to. when you get to the front of the line, right. Right. In yes. order to, to have three drinks. So then you go, or or you just get a drink and, and go, go right to the back of the, the back of the line because yeah. it'll take. You'll be done by the time you get back. That's a bummer. That won't happen with these guys. So uh, they they do bachelor and bachelorette parties here on the on the party bus during the week, and then it's the it's the pregame festivities at Nissan Stadium with Yeehaw and Old Smokey and and, and Yeehaw. It's uh. Fantastic at 6th and Peabody. Join well, us anytime you're in Nashville. I know we're going to be out here throughout football season on Fridays, and it's a great environment out here. Uh, people playing cornhole behind us. We got it's people Mets all over the place. giving me the business. We had I some, gave him the business. We had a couple New Yorkers yelling at some other New Yorkers over my left shoulder. Sounds back about and right. Forth. Yeah. It made Paul feel right at home. This Mets, fan, this Mets fan's acting like they go to the World Series all the time. He said, talk to me when the Yankees are in the World Series. I'm like, oh, yeah, I look up every year oh, and the yeah, Mets are there. I mean, they're constant. That's a very poor uh, comeback <laughs> oh, from him yeah. on that. Paul, Oh, yeah, like you know anything about the credit, World Series. To their credit, and I don't disagree with you on the, like, you have the numbers in your favor. But three months ago, you were oh, walking around so cocky. I was. So, and now you're pointing to the championship banners instead of pointing to this year's championship banner. Um. <laughs> well, uh, uh, now I'm... You sound, uh, by the way, in the history of the show, you did write off the Yankees one year and then regretted it. I also bet on they the Yankees the before this year, season. I I, I'll show you. I bet on the Yankees before the season to not make the playoffs. <laughs> I bet on the Yankees and the Mets to not make the playoffs. That's called hedging so, your happiness. Well, if that when co- you bet if against they, your team. If Chad does it all the time. Yeah, I, bet, I just bet Pitt money line. I'd collect it. <laughs> 
well, if they blew it, I'd collect a nice, nice sum of money. Uh, it's like plus 165, I want to say, plus 170. I bet on Yankees not to make the playoffs, and I bet on uh, Aaron Judge to win the home run title. So I, I've got money to potentially collect. Well, I'm going to my handy little app here because of Mr. Mets fan over here. Well, the Braves are now a half game back because I think the Mets played one more game since then. But last I checked, the Braves had pulled dead even with the Mets in the NL East, which we thought was an impossibility yeah. a month and a half ago. Well, you know, one of my go-tos. I thought it was an impossibility. One of my go-tos, we'll, we'll be walking around together. I'll see a guy in a Yale shirt. I'll go, yeah, you went to Yale. You know, <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Uh, and I'll do them a, a lot on things that are a lot less likely than that. Yeah, you're from Colorado. You know, stuff that is completely probable. But this guy's wearing a Mets jersey. And I was thinking, yeah, you're from New York. But I heard him speak, and yeah, no, he they, is oh, from no, New York. No, a big he crew is here absolutely from, from New this York. This crew behind us, too, was definitely from the, the Jersey Turnpike of, of some sort. So uh, I, I met a guy from Jersey earlier this morning when I first arrived here, and he came up and asked what we were doing. I, I laid it out for him, Outkick 360, subscribe to the YouTube channel, all of it. And I asked him what he thought about the Giants in week one against the Titans, and he said, honestly, we're here because I think I'm going to win money. It's a great trip. It's cheap. And I'm looking forward to Derrick Henry running over people. So is that what he's going to win money on? I said, even your team? He said, yeah. All of us are Giants fans. This is a fun week one opponent. It's an AFC matchup. Like, I want to see Derrick Henry rumble. I'm like, you may see that on Sunday. And is that what he's going to win money on? That's a very odd um, thing to say as a fan of another team. It's very odd. I'm just really looking forward to watching this guy pulverize my team. Well, you're coming to see what in his mind is a classic player. But it's like like Paul's a massive Yankees fan. He bet them not to make the playoffs before the first pitch was thrown in the season. Yeah, but I mean, I. It's the same equivalent. I would think, though, but I still wouldn't enjoy watching it. Have you seen the Giants? I mean, yeah. (laughs) I would come in, though, and my eyes wide open and say, we know we're going to lose, but it's Nashville. We're going to have fun. We're here drinking with you guys right now, yeah. and the game is secondary, and hey, maybe they can shock the world. I wouldn't go into it saying, I'm really looking forward to watching Derrick Henry bowl over but our team. But you know team. what? That's a good approach. That's going to be a lot of fun for That's, me. That could be a good you approach. You know what's going to be fun That's for me? your bets. You know what's going to be fun for me when that team just demolishes <laughs> my team, that could and I'm be, in the stadium to see it. That could be a good approach. If you're a team like the Giants that's bad, and you're a diehard fan, and they've got some good opponents on the schedule, you say, I'm going on a tour to see potential Hall of Famers against my team. So I'm going to go see Derrick Henry and Tom Brady and uh, I don't know, name me three other guys that could potentially be on my schedule this year. And I'm going with the approach that I'm going to see classic players against my team this year without thinking much about my results. He's a fan of football. He's not a Giants fan. I mean, I would take that as you're not a down year year for my team. Okay, well, if if you're so into your team, just wait until you're in an up year and then okay. go on road trips but and watch your team win. Too. But, but, this guy, so rich. A lot of disposable income. <laughs> Look at all this disposable income coming from the Northeast. These carpetbaggers yeah. all over the place. So we're not Giants fans. We're the Giants Just drafting. spraying money around Where here. Where are the Giants drafting in April? Between 6 and 10. But at least they know that before kickoff. Yeah, again, I, I'm He's all a Giants for, fan I'm all for eyes it. wide open. I don't believe in blind fandom and, and he wants just to make money. saying things that aren't he true. To make money. He's making his money back for this Again, trip. I, I don't know. This is a free trip. I don't know what you guys are disagreeing with me on when I say it's odd for a fan of a it team to say, say a I'm fan. going to enjoy watching this guy run over my team. I, if he goes, look, I don't want blind yeah, fans. be begrudging If you go into the it. game and say, I know we're going to get beat, I don't really care. I've accepted that going into it, and this is a fun trip, fine. But to take that and say, I'm, I, I have predisposed myself to lose, and the expectation is low, to say, I'm going to enjoy the defeat. 
I'm going to enjoy the humiliation yeah. of Derrick Henry running me over. I don't think I'm being very controversial when I say I'm, that's odd for a fan to say. I'm with you. Back end it instead of front end it. You walk out and you say, well, at least I got to see Derrick Henry, right. who's going to be an all-time if you, great. If you want to leave and say, perform. oh, well, I, you know, if he, when he's in the Hall of Fame, I'll say I, I, I watched Derrick Henry play in so Nashville. So if the Braves won a world championship within the last decade, would you bet them not to make the playoffs based on expectations of your franchise? Because Paul did that. Uh, I don't – well, I'm bad to ask that because I don't do a lot of um, – uh, like preseason, you know, playoff championship if Braves, betting? If the Braves won 27 world championships, would you ever bet them not to make the playoffs? No. And he's a Yankees fan. Yeah. That's my I, point. I, I don't I understand. I just had a bad feeling about him coming in. I, I didn't like the moves they I made. don't understand how Paul has become so defeated so quickly. He doesn't like This cashing. team is really broken. <laughs> That's what we're seeing. Well, this was before. that. I mean, once they started winning, I was yeah. like, hey, great. I threw five or ten bucks away, and they looked fantastic. And now it's leveled out. So let me give you a winner for a long-term play here, and it's worthy of like a $5-ish bet. Lamar Jackson is plus 2,000 on DraftKings for league MVP. He's won it once, and he has not agreed. This is the deadline day. He has not agreed to an extension, a big contract extension with the Baltimore Ravens. With that being said, I would bet on Lamar Jackson having a massive season. You guys know, I bet on players in contract years. He's now... He, and he's making good money this year. He's now in a year where he's going to sit and wait on Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert to get paid. They're going to reset the bar, and then Jackson's coming back over the top of that, or he's getting tagged, Twice. which which means average of the top five players in the league. You know, this is an interesting thing. Huh? We haven't talked about this. And, All the people Deshaun hating Watson Deshaun Watson's contract, this but you know who loves Deshaun Watson's contract? No doubt. Every quarterback who's going to have a new deal in the neck, or, in the life of that contract. Or a tag, which is the yes. average of the top five paid quarterbacks. We really so undervalued that. That's great for all of these quarterbacks, but if you're getting a franchise tag, yep. it's great for you because it shoots that number up. up I hear, up. and it's I, a great I've, point. Heard, I've heard this over the last year, Lamar Jackson is hearing a bunch of crap because he's representing himself. It's not a good and, but. Consider this. I mean, he, if he's gone the tag route, it's fine. Well, if he's determined that, it's fine well, to do Dak, what he's doing. Dak Prescott went that route with an agent, and Kirk and Mahone, it still uh, happened. Kirk Cousins, and he got paid. I mean, Dak Prescott it, at the time of the contract, on average, was the highest paid per year. And then there's always the next guy. But as the new TV money comes in and the salary cap goes up, more money will be delegated to the quarterbacks. And a year ago, he would have been foolish to lock. I think he's been very smart. With this, because he now locks in on the new contract coming up if he doesn't agree to anything right now, unless it's fully guaranteed like Watson. I'd throw five or ten bucks on plus 2,000 for sure. But ask me, tell me if I'm crazy on this, on, on Lamar Jackson. We've talked about this before for starters limitations in the playoffs. If you can only win one way, the Titans are like this, and the Ravens are probably the number one team that's like this. Teams figure you out, mm -hmm. they sell out to, to stop your one thing, and they punish you in the playoffs. They've had trouble in the playoffs under Lamar Jackson. They lost as the number one seed to the Titans there. Um, they won here against the Titans, and then I, I believe lost the next week. Right. They haven't got it done And in that's the his playoffs. only playoff win. Okay, and so that gives you trepidation. They could be a good regular season team, but maybe not a good, uh, a good team. Also, I think they're – quarterbacks coming into the league who are flying past them. I, I would rather have Burrow. I would rather have Herbert. 
I would rather have Josh Allen. Um, you know, I, I don't know what the timing is or how long he's been in. I would rather have Patrick Mahomes. Um, Can I counter? Yeah, yeah well, hold on. Let me finish. So I just think, and I'm not saying the Ravens are doing this. Okay. But to me, I think he, he's shrinking as a most valuable player candidate. I know he can go crazy on particular Sundays. I think he goes less crazy on a week-to-week basis. I think teams are understanding better how to defend him. I think the fact that Marquise Brown says, I'm leaving because of the system, and the system is all Lamar Jackson. I think these are all bad harbingers for him. I understand. I could be totally wrong, and he could go crazy. But he's if you're asking me to list limitations of those guys that I just all listed, I could pin more on him, though his upside at what he's good at is, I understand, superior. So hear me out on everything before you jump in. Sure. With his limitations, he won most valuable player. Absolutely. Unanimous. Right? He was terrific. Unanimous. First ever, to my knowledge. I'm correct in that. I I think so. There may have been one other, but unanimous. The entire roster offensively is shaped around him because they invested in him based on what Ozzie Newsom did. All in. So they... Tight and heavy. They traded away Hollywood Brown. He doesn't even have to go MVP level to cash in at the Deshaun Watson level to me because Deshaun Watson hasn't played, by the time week 11 rolls around, nearly two years. Fully guaranteed money. And so the critics would say, oh, but not every owner is going to give that. The owners who can, Bashadi could. So if you're looking at Cincinnati or the Chargers for money available based on what you have to put away in escrow, for guarantees, they have, they're going to struggle with that as franchise. Bashadi's not going to struggle with that at all. And I, Lamar has played this very – I think he's played it very well. It's a, it's a chess match, and right now I, I think he's winning. Now, the one area where he cannot – this is where he loses ground if he gets hurt again. However, Baltimore was 8-3, and three, and then they finished 0-6 without him. So given all of that – I think he's the one guy that can compare himself to Deshaun Watson and actually get it based on the fact that he's digging his toes in the sand and saying, this is what I'm worth, $250 million. And that's the only thing that's gotten out in the media is that the Baltimore Ravens have not offered that. The only other thing I'd say, Hut, is if there are more signs this year, and last year's a wash because he was hurt and they were, and they right. were hurt. No, that, yeah. Right? If there are more indications this year that teams are catching up to him, which is the concern, I think, with a lot of these quarterbacks, be my concern with Hurts in, in another year, even if he progresses this year. My concern with guys who I label as run first, and I think he's run first. I think his inclination is to run first. I think he's more dangerous as a runner than he is as a passer. Mm-hmm. So as soon as I see a guy like that, I wonder, are they catching up to you? As they play you more, do they figure out how to play you better? And if that's the case, are you a commodity that's becoming uh, less valuable as opposed to Burrow and Herbert and some of these guys who we'd all say are definitely ascending, unquestionably ascending. If he's a commodity that is doing that, plenty of teams will pay you. Baltimore will pay you. Miami will but, pay you. It, yeah, but <laughs> is it the same? You know, if you're putting them on a board and you're yeah. being completely honest and Baltimore comes out of its thing where it has been all in on him, shaped its team around him, has no choice. But if you give them truth serum and you say, who do you want, wouldn't they say Herbert? Wouldn't they say Burrow? Wouldn't they say Allen? Yeah, but I don't even know if he's judging against that. So he's judging on what he's going to get paid if Baltimore tags him. 
it, it's tagged next oh, that's year. The, the starting and, cost. And then, but but if, when you consider what it will be, it's around fifty million. Yep. And then it's twenty percent plus I think it that. It might the start year after. at forty-three. Well, right now, but then next year, if those guys go ahead of him, so yeah. and they will. Because so, he's patient as can be. So he's getting around $50 million. And by the way, when you tag a player, he's going to sign it. It's guaranteed that moment. Fully guaranteed. 20% more the following year. So if you're only going to guarantee what Kyler Murray got, which was $150 million, he's getting two-thirds of that just on the franchise tag alone. So why not play that out and try to get what Watson received, which is now the high bar and watermark, Chad? So just random aside, with what Cleveland did with the guaranteed money for Deshaun Watson, and they did that because that was the only way to land him, right. for him to, to you know, say yes to Cleveland, did they set themselves up possibly for another high-value free agent to get guaranteed money throughout to pick Cleveland now that they set the precedent? Not, we've seen other co- big quarterback deals since then that have not gone that route, showing that it's a Cleveland-specific thing. But if it's Cleveland-specific and it's a left tackle, that's a free agent, yeah. and they badly want that left tackle, doesn't that agent go to Cleveland and say, guaranteed an entire contract for Deshaun? We'll say yes well, right I don't now think if you guarantee to, ours. I don't, I don't think you have to go that far. You just go a higher percentage guaranteed. You yeah. say, hey, the best left tackle in the league has 55% guaranteed. We'll give you a 70% guaranteed. You just, don't have to Just go something floating around in my head of, I don't think Cleveland set the bar now for the rest of the league. I think they set it against for themselves. themselves. Because now everyone sees that they're willing to do that, and it's like, well, hey, I want, I'll go be a Cleveland Brown, even though I don't want to live in Cleveland, if they're going to give me that high of a percentage of right. guaranteed money in a contract. But I think they've done it with the premier quarterbacks, though. We haven't seen those guys sign extensions. Yeah, we, we've seen top, Russell top. Wilson do it, but Russell Wilson's in, now in his 30s. Yeah, I'm talking I, about the 24-year-old. I'm not saying it's a random middle linebacker that's getting yeah. that money. I'm just saying if it's a top receiver or name a priority position, not quarterback. Corner, left tackle, yeah. top wide receiver That's right a now. top, top guy. Does that agent successfully pull off the Deshaun Watson treatment to and get their client to Cleveland? The primary issue, I mean, the next two are Burrow and Herbert, and they have franchises that probably can't put that, uh, I think definitely can't put that money in escrow. I mean, Cincinnati's already kind of put that out there. Uh, not only can they not put that money in escrow, but they're going to have to make some decisions about some other guys that will affect the Joe Burrow to, to, to put themselves in position to give Joe Burrow the contract that he's going to require. And we know the Chargers don't, don't have the fight. The Chargers are a damn tenant exactly. in a league where you make your money, uh, a good share of your ind- money independent of the television contract on stadiums, and they don't have their own. It's a, it's a storyline to follow, and it is one that I don't know the, the, the vast majority of people are talking about now or foreseeing. But that's the league. That is the offseason storyline next year, is Herbert and and Burrow, because there's no way you let them play out the final year and then just tag them. You would want to extend it because the money's only going to go up with the television. Are they both money. going into what year? Are they going into? They're about. They're finishing year three this year. So, finishing but year you three. can so you you're can free extend to negotiate them now. right after that. Yeah, no, you can't extend them until after year three. Yeah, after I'm saying like after, right after this, this season, season, you can yeah. extend them. They're eligible for that. And if you have a franchise quarterback, you're normally doing that at this point, uh, given what they've had success rate, based on the expectation of Herbert and what Burrow has already accomplished. Coming up, we preview Sunday's top games. Week one is here. It kicked off last night, and we get you ready for the full slate across the National Football League next on OutKick 360. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. 
Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. NFL Week 1 kicks off on Sunday with a full slate. We had the debut last night of the 103rd NFL season between the Bills and the Rams. Bills taking care of business, living up to the hype. Josh Allen living up to the MVP hype as well for what that's worth in week one or week zero or off season. But they picked up where they left off offensively, which was on the bench and on the sideline. And since then, there has been a new rule in place for postseason overtime for Josh Allen and the Bills offense. Very impressed with what the Bills did on the road last night to the defending champs, guys. It was uh Yes. I mean, impressive is, I think, the right word to use when describing that performance. Defensively, offensively, you went through the third down stats. 90%. Uh, the, the play to Diggs on the bomb uh, was, I mean, it, it was for a team. I'm trying to think of a performance coming into a season like that for a team that everybody loves their roster yeah. and loves what they have coming back. It was just a big statement. We're not going to make any huge definitive statements about either one of those teams now for the whole season based off one game. But for one game, the team that came in as the Super Bowl favorite, the Buffalo Bills, they, they showed they showed why that, that's the fact, right? That They showed why that's the case in that game against the Rams. I was also – I mean, if you're an AFC team, you know the standard. I was also disappointed yes. in the Rams' performance in, in, in that game. But they're only going to get better as they figure out pass-catching options. And pass in that offense. Yeah. And not everybody can rush the passer like the Bills did last night. And I, I'm going to continue to harp on this. I know Armando squashed it when I, I brought it up. I'm going to be watching Matthew Stafford's arm all season. That, that, that elbow thing yeah. bothers me. It bothers me, too. What there's, he said, though, was sort of smart. Like, it, it's like a UCL-type yeah. thing, and it's, it's, it can cause like a numbness you know, sensation in your hand. In your forearm. But he had um, it last year, too, and he won a Super I know, Bowl. and that, that's what Armando said. But, again. We just didn't know it. We don't know what degrees it is. He's a year older now. There's a lot of different factors that can change the way you feel physically when you're throwing the football a year later. Hit us up with your thoughts on NFL Week 1. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Just search out Outkick360. Dolphins and Patriots among our top games to watch this weekend for Week 1. Here is Mike McDaniels. Debut. Mike McDaniel's debut against Bill Belichick, a division rival, one of six 
division games in week one across the league slate. The Patriots are 2-7 and seven in their last nine trips to Miami. Storms are, are hitting there off and on. And then you have the, the Patriots who are trying to adapt to the heat and the humidity. They've been there since Tuesday of this game. A lot of unknowns on both sides of these offenses. Ton of concerns about the Patriots based on what they did in the preseason, but more importantly, like the reports out of practice, the coaching disjointedness over not having an offensive coach coach the offense, coach the second-year quarterback. I'm buying it as relevant. I've got big concerns about the Patriots. I think most of us do. Miami also has the Patriots' number, previous Miami regimes, but multiple. I I think it's a dangerous spot for the Patriots, whether they've been in southern Florida or not. Um, And and I think the problem extends beyond this week for the Patriots. I agree. And this is a perception game for me. As much as I don't want to buy into a result of week one, this has been a storyline of the entire offseason for New England. Same for Miami. They wanted Sean Payton and Tom Brady. We know that. And instead, they have Mike McDaniel, who's never been an offensive play caller and has never been a head coach. Uh, he's been one of the top guys for Kyle Shanahan, and he ends up getting this job, but he's paired with Tua Tungavaloa, and they have they bring in uh, Tyreek Hill to pair him with Waddle. They re- remake their run game. They bring in Teron Armstead at left tackle. They've brought back their defensive coaching staff, including their play caller on defense, which is unusual. So there, there is, uh, there's optimism in Miami as well as this hesitancy to say they're on par with a playoff caliber New England club, which they were a year ago. But there's plenty of storylines offensively with Mac Jones. Too. I like it all except Tua. Right. I, I mean, I think Miami's just a lot better. That's my perception going into this game. And I know the I know the history. I know what happened a year ago. One of these teams made the playoffs. The other did not. Right. I think Miami's better. It's funny with these week one games. I'll sit here and say you can't take too much away from it. But one thing I always take away from it, when I think a team is bad and they look bad in week one, that's where that, that's the confirmation bias kicking in. I feel like New England's going to be bad. And if they go out there and lay an egg in game number one against the Dolphins, I, I've made up my mind on New England. They're, they're really going to be bad this year. I, I think New England loses this game, but I still feel like Tua might be more prone to a big mistake than Mac Jones. New England, by the way, underdogs by three and a half on the road at Miami. That's pretty infrequent uh, that they're underdogs, period. The Baker-Mayfield revenge game. The Panthers are hosting the Browns. Jacoby Brissett, the starting quarterback for Cleveland. Baker-Mayfield will get the start in Carolina with Christian McCaffrey in the backfield. McCaffrey, the last six home games, he's gone over 100 yards of total offense when he's been healthy. He's only been healthy 10 of the last 43 games for Carolina, however. But this is one of them. Just no, he's got how, a shin issue. There's a lot of pressure on Carolina in this game. This is not a team that I think is going to be very good this season. But man, oh man, Baker Mayfield, former number one overall pick, just gets kicked to the curb after trying to play through an injury. And the backup quarterback, not even the guy that they preferred over you. They did not prefer Jacoby Brissett over Baker Mayfield. They preferred Deshaun Watson over Baker Mayfield. If he goes on the road, this other guy mm-hmm. that they didn't even want over you, and your old team beats you at home in week one when you are now the franchise quarterback for another team, I know it's one game in a long 17-game season, but man, oh, man, does that sting if you're Carolina and you're Baker Mayfield right out of the gates. 
I think we may be underselling the Browns' defense here. I, I like the Baker Mayfield reclamation project story. I think he makes the Panthers better. But I think the Browns have pretty good personnel, uh, really across the board, outside of Brissett. And so Brissett needs to be a good game manager. I don't know that he can be or will be with any consistency. But they can run the ball, and they can play defense. And I think uh, we're losing that with the shiny object of uh, Baker Mayfield playing his old team. Here's one thing to watch, too, with Cleveland in this interim before Deshaun Watson is back. Uh, I'm not so sure that Josh Dobbs isn't a better option because of his legs in this offense. We're going to find out, but they've got a really good defense. I agree with you, Paul. So they need just something to happen offensively for them, right? I wonder if Josh Dobbs, who can pass too, I'm not saying you're going to run the wishbone and bring him in there, but it does give you a different element that you're not getting with Brissett, who for the most part is kind of a statue-type pocket passer. I don't know what his total body of work was in the preseason, but I know Dobbs had one really good outing. I think Dobbs played pretty well in the preseason for Cleveland. And, and he may have, you know, he's obviously one snap away, one injury away from getting his chance. But Either, either guy is probably giving you the same offensive plan. Um, I think Dobbs gives you more of a running threat. The, the difference is they, they brought in Brissett immediately in the offseason. Yeah, they believe up. in him clearly. Yeah, yeah Watson. The, so – What's interesting about this game to me, the Patriots are three-and-a-half road dogs against Miami. The Browns, without Watson, are one-and-a-half point dogs against Carolina. Both Carolina and Miami missed the playoffs a year ago. Both have quarterback issues. Even if you buy into Baker Mayfield, no one wanted him. Carolina ends up with him in the start of July. This is intriguing because Vegas is saying the public is with the Panthers – Go ahead. Bite on Carolina. We'll take Cleveland's defense. I, I think I'm going to put some shuckles down on the Browns. Number three for us. So good about Carolina in this game. Packers and Vikings. The uh, two opponents here, they've won this division, the NFC North, 13 of, upset of the last 15 seasons. Either the Minnesota Vikings or Green Bay Packers have won the division. So this is a pivotal game based on history and based on the fact that over the last couple of years, Green Bay has not started fast in week one. You know, they there's a result where you're buying into the whatever the Saints did a year ago in Jacksonville against Green Bay. Meanwhile, Minnesota has had high expectations and they lose close games. Kevin O'Connell now play calling. Kirk Cousins is very efficient. He has worked with Kevin O'Connell in Washington briefly, but at least they know each other. And they have the offensive firepower to move the football through the air. If you're buying into – if you just look at C- Cousins' numbers, he's a, he, he passed for 30 touchdowns a year ago. That tells you they have the arsenal around him. And if they're not run first this year, I think that benefits Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, their tight end play. Dalvin, Dalvin Cook. Cook out of the backfield. This this is, a to me, the, the, the dog at home is the way to go in week one. If this were – middle of the year around Thanksgiving I'm taking Green Bay on paper right now I'm taking Minnesota I expect creative use of Dalvin Cook by this by the regime. way um, Lazard to is see what happens there doubtful I believe let me look at my notes here um, Alan Lazard doubtful after he was stepped on in practice on Monday so let's see Sammy Watkins let's see Romeo Dobbs uh, let's see Christian Watkins, Watkins. who, who so, wasn't available much during the preseason. I think the two uh, darling 
coaching stories of the first week. It's going to be Mike McDaniel and it's going to be Kevin O'Connell. Mm-hmm. I think both of those guys are going to be the ones people are praising. 1-0 and 1-0 nice and a win over Aaron Rodgers and the Packers and a win over Bill Belichick and the evil Patriots dynasty for Mike McDaniel. I think those are going to be the two biggest new coaching stories coming out of week one. I, I'm with you, Hutton. I didn't like the Cowboys over the, the Bucks pick. I love Vikings money line over the Packers this weekend. Raiders and Chargers, also a late afternoon kickoff on Sunday. Uh, one of the six divisional matchups that we're discussing here. We've, we're hitting on three of them. Uh, point being, for as close as the AFC West is, we will look back on week one. There are only a couple of games I think we'll look back on. This is one of them. Where in week, by, by the time we get to the, the second week of January, we will look at September 11th as a pivotal game for one of these two teams for either wild card or if the Raiders live up to expectation and win this game, it's a reason why they win the division, which is a popular underdog plus money pick in the AFC West. Here's a big problem for my Chargers in this game. J.C. Jackson, doubtful, didn't practice this week, coming off minor knee surgery. That sure is a guy you'd like to be covering, Devontae Adams, in his Raiders debut. Yep. So that's a little bit of an issue. But here's something the Chargers have in their favor in a big way. Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa against guys named Jermaine <laughs> Elumior and Lester Cotton, right tackle, right guard. I love guard. that Elumior guy. He's really good. Um, Great these are guys that they felt were, were not just needed to play ahead of um, Alex Leatherwood, but uh, – you know, that he couldn't, wasn't equipped to back Even up. Even back up, they, yeah. They've got bad offensive line issues, and uh, this is a bad matchup against a hell of a duo of pass rush. This, this seems to me like I, I've rarely put just a lot of pressure on a non-quarterback in week one to have a huge statistical day, but it feels important that Devontae Adams have a big statistical day right out of the gates for the Raiders. With that investment, what they're going to be expecting from him. You know, for Allen Robinson and the defending champion to have one catch for 12 yards, that's one thing not to freak out about. It's probably going to get better as they go along, and they have Cooper Cup on their team. Offensive player of the year from a year ago in the Super Bowl MVP. And if you bring in Devontae Adams from Green Bay, and he needs a big day. I think that's fair. He needs a big day. I think it's fair also. Look, I understand he had a previous relationship with Carr, but Devontae Adams has, you could fairly say he's somewhat a product of Aaron Rodgers. And now that tether is cut. And so you need to see what does he, you know, uh, there's, there's often been this question, you know, um, uh, Joe Montana's phenomenal. And people think Joe Montana helped make Jerry Rice. And people turn that question inside out and say, well, didn't Jerry Rice help make Joe Montana? Well, here's one of those questions. I'm not making them equal to those guys. But to, to this Sunday, we start to find out. Did Devontae Adams help make Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, you're right. It's a fair question. Yeah. But if he has a bad game, immediately people say, hey, he sure misses Aaron Rodgers. And we're also going to be watching Romeo Dobbs. If Romeo Dobbs is suddenly a stud, you know, with Aaron Rodgers, oh, okay. Well, Aaron Rodgers can take a lot of receivers and make them very good. No one's talking about Green Bay's defense. That that is where the investment has been made this offseason. So um, if we're comparing Green Bay to what Oakland's doing, Green Bay is going to win games, I think, early if they win based off their defense while their offense comes together, which you can argue has been the case throughout the, the last couple of seasons. Cowboys and Buccaneers, Sunday night football. Um, 
Buccaneers on the road, favored by two and a half, a rematch of last year's opener as well, which was a tight game. I think 31-29 was the final and a crazy finish. Um, the Cowboys begin the C.D. Lamb era of their offense as the true number one guy and the go-to guy for Dak Prescott. I think he's a good player, but, you know, is he a clear-cut number one guy for a team that, that lost a couple good receivers? We begin to find out. And we begin to find out, you know, is Ezekiel Elliott back? Or, and if he doesn't run well, how quickly do they turn to Pollard? I think they need to turn to Pollard pretty quickly. It's, it's Zeke's last year in, in this contract. Everybody knows it. And uh, it's got to be a meritocracy there. Whether warranted or not, the overreaction of the week is going to come if Tom Brady plays poorly in this game. Because immediately, again, warranted or not, depends days. on how he looks, not just 11 days, people are immediately going to start asking questions about where his head is, where his level of commitment is to this team in this season if he looks bad in week one. I, I, I believe he's going to be fine and the Bucks will be fine and they're going to win this game. But get ready for a lot of overreaction to that. I, and we haven't talked about it. The, the page, page six, the gossip columns say that Giselle took off. She, she's pissed that he unretired. She had talked on Howard Stern a year ago. Uh, he talked about her saying, hey, it's time for you to take on some of these family duties. I've done it the whole time, and I've got a big career too. And, and that this retirement was a response to that. It only lasted 40 days. And she's pissed that he unretired and that she took off to Costa Rica or something. She yeah. probably thought that he was going to be a minority owner of the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, that's Which it. is a job that lets you be home a lot more often. She said, honey, I was on that yacht with Stephen Ross with you, and I'm, so, I'd kind of like a yacht like that as well. And then the lawsuit happened in Miami, and I think that turned everything upside down. So the 40 days of retirement is going to be a huge topic next week. I agree with you. And you guys know I took the Cowboys in my upset picks, money line. Um, the 11-day absence will also play a factor. And I also use that as my overstated storyline of the offseason because the storyline of the offseason is last year Tom Brady threw more pass attempts than any quarterback in the NFL. 719, I think, is the attempted passes by Tom Brady. He led the league, by the way, in touchdown throws too. He was only pressured 23% of the time as the leading passer in the National Football League on attempts. That changes to me. This is a solid Dallas defense that is going to bring heat on a backup offensive line where they have been banged up throughout camp. And that is what is going to lead to a storyline on Monday that will be about the 11-day absence and the 40-day retirement, non-retirement, Bruce Arians, spat, whatever. I think it's more about what's in front of him and the fact that last year in this same game, Rob Gronkowski and Antonio Brown combined for 211 receiving uh, yards and three touchdowns. Those guys are gone. They have on the injury report today uh, a number of players, including their, their top guys in this game. Uh, Godwin is questionable. Russell Gage, the same. They have a lot of issues offensively, and it's not Tom Brady. And if he overcomes it, then at 45 years old, he made the right decision by not retiring. The legend continues to ride itself. I think he, he'll play he very him. well on Sunday because I think he know. I mean, he, he typically plays very well, and he knows what the feedback's going to be if he doesn't play very well. He'll elevate guys. That doesn't mean the Cowboys can't win it nevertheless. Can Leonard Fournette get going? 
That's yeah, really that's going to be a big part of it. And both defenses have been solid in, in this. And uh, Buccaneers in the NFC top-rated run defense the last three years. Other games, Steelers at Bengals is very intriguing because if you're buying the picket storyline, they're starting slow. But here's Trubisky, who has been just as good as the rookie first-round draft pick and feels revitalized around an offense that is improved on paper and based on results of the preseason in one-on-one matchups on the road against Cincinnati and uh, Joe Burrow, who missed a vast majority of the preseason due to an appendectomy. Pittsburgh, we haven't talked enough about their offensive line. Deontay Johnson, by the way, will play. That came out yeah. during our He's show cleared. today. He is clear to play. Cincinnati's a good pass-rushing team. Pittsburgh's got a questionable offensive line. They've had trouble on the offensive line since Mike Munchak left, and that's been a couple years now. And Pittsburgh's got two corners that I question, Levi Wallace and, uh, and Kello Witherspoon. One of them's slow. One of them's tall but also beatable deep. I look for Burrow to get on top of that. I think the uh, – Kenny Pickett warm up the bus tour starts this weekend with a loss for Pittsburgh against Cincinnati. And, uh, look, we made our picks. I think he's going to be the offensive rookie of the year because he's going to get in early this season for Pittsburgh, and it's going to start on Sunday. I've got a weird – if Pittsburgh wins this game, Minka Fitzpatrick has, like, two picks and a massive day. He's like the Palomalu-esque impactor in this game. He's he's been excellent. That's a good trade. He's got to take over in this game for a a pass-happy Bengals offense that flipped midway through the season. They were run first around week eight. They flipped to pass first when Jamar Chase took off uh, on that fantastic run. Final game and just brief thoughts. Chiefs on the road, favored against Arizona. Everyone's down on Arizona. The Chiefs have played a ton of preseason snaps offensively. Mahomes unbeaten in week one as a starter. I'm, I'm heavy Kansas City, and I feel like a fool for being this heavy on KC on the road against Arizona, who traditionally starts fast. Here's my key for Kansas City. I think Mahomes are going to have time. I don't, I don't like what uh, yeah. Arizona has up front to come after Mahomes. And I think Kansas City's line is very good. I think there's a mismatch up front. I think that just with no DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, that, that to me is the difference. If Hopkins is in this game, I'm taking the normally fast-starting Cardinals to win at home. But without him, give me the Chiefs in this game on the road. I think they get it done. Coming up in 15 minutes, we're going to give you the injury reports for week one across the NFL. When we come back, PK's I'm going to make you some plus money. money props. For this weekend on DraftKings, that's all straight ahead on OutKick 360. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. We have Paul Koharski's Week 1 Props with DraftKings and the DraftKings app coming your way in a matter of minutes. Glad you're with us across the Outkick Network. Outkick 360 rolls on. Sixth and Peabody, our location. There is a fierce the, the cornhole game going is, on behind us right going now. going on. Packed inside as well. And behind us, uh, hopefully you can see us right over Chad's well, shoulder. I think it if I move the, this way, you can bus. see there's a, a bachelorette right now in a very festive hat. That's engaged yeah. in an epic battle of uh, bag tossing going on out here right behind us at 6th and Peabody right now. So, it's a spirited uh, group. It's a spirited day. 
If you're ever in Nashville, come see us. We're here every Friday outside. Koharski's son broke his finger, and he's on the phone with a, uh, a, a surgeon about what to do next based on x-rays. Um, so he will give us his props momentarily. Paul, uh, we'll, we'll get it from Paul. Chad, I was going to bring this up with you on Tennessee and Pitt this weekend. What is the minimum amount of points you think Tennessee can score offensively and still win the game? I think th- a 35, I think, is a good barrier they need to get over. A year ago, they lost this game 41-34. to 34. Yeah. Pitt is going to score, and I think there's a good chance they get into the 30s. Let me jump in. Into the low 30s. So I, I, I'm thinking they need to get that five-touchdown mark. I asked this to Colin Warner and Davey Hudson earlier in our studio. Same question. They both said 35. Do you say that thinking the defense is better or exactly the same as a year ago? I think the defense is very similar to a year ago. I think they are moderately better. Uh, if I had to guess right now, I don't think they're worse. Let's put it that way, okay? I don't think they've taken a step back on defense, but I am skeptical that they've taken a big step up because the same issues around speed in the secondary a year ago still exist. Teams are going to target Warren Burrell, and Pittsburgh is going to do the exact same thing. I'm not confident that he can play good enough corner to give them a chance. I think they're going to be toying with that spot and trying to find someone else. So, I mean, Tennessee's going to – we knew this. They're going to have to win in shootouts. Yeah, I think this is a 44-34 to 34 all right. type game. Look, so, Heifel got defensive when I asked him this at SEC Media Days about is the goal just to get two to three to four more stops a game? And he cut me off and said, absolutely not. We need to be as good on defense as we are on offense. That's our goal. Okay. But if you feel like you're the same right now, to me, they're slow in the secondary, and I agree with you. The pass rush has to be better, based on what we saw from West Virginia against Pitt last week. And if they're not, then the secondary has no chance, and they're losing this game on the road. Yeah, and fair? Yes, but also Tennessee needs to do exactly defensively what they do offensively, and that is strike quick. They have got to get to Slovis, get him on the ground. They've got to create negative plays in order to get off the field or get a turnover. And the turnover margin was lopsided last year in this matchup for Tennessee and Pitt, and ultimately Pitt won the game on the road to Neyland. Now Pitt hosts an SEC team for the first time in Pittsburgh. We'll preview that and much more next hour on Outkick 360.